Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023. And as we do each week, let's begin with a moment of silence to link up with all of our Triangles co-workers throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. We come together each week to help people who are new to triangles um, to learn about this planetary service and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So if you would like to form a new triangle today, you can place your name in the chat box and people on the webinar will do what they can to form one with you or we can do it here in the offices of Lucis Trust. So we welcome all of you who are new and we also come together each week to provide a platform for those of us who are already members of Triangles to participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. It's a daily activity involving establishing lines of lighted loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. We link in a spirit of light mentally, spiritually, and for the goodwill of all humanity. And then as our triangle is visualized, or our triangles, because you can have more than one, our triangles are then placed within the framework of the larger planetary network of triangles. And as that network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded. For it's a perfect medium to release and circulate spiritual energies into the consciousness of all humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere through the vehicle of the planetary etheric body. So this practice need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And today, after our um, meditation, we're going to hear a presentation from one of our coworkers, uh, Christopher C. He's a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom teachings of Bailey Blavatsky and the Agni Yoga teachings. And for some time, he's been involved in many different service initiatives in his country, the Philippines, and beyond. By profession, he's a nurse, and his current work is as a clinical training supervisor for a U.S.-based health insurance company. And he'll be sharing today on the theme of spiritual service. And I also wanted to 
mention that this coming Friday at 6 p.m. here in New York, we'll be holding our new moon meditation in Aquarius. So we hope all of you can join in with that as well. So let's um, now work with a brief visualization in the support of the planetary network. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, we visualize the three primary planetary centers, the planetary head center, Shambhala, the planetary heart, the spiritual hierarchy, and the planetary head center, humanity. I mean, the planetary throat center, humanity. And visualize those three points of the triangle as spheres of light that are rotating, flowing, filling the triangle with light. And superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. And at the center of the star, visualize tiny cross of humanity and stand as a group at the center of that cross, breathing in and invoking the spiritual will and visualizing the three spheres of the planetary centers coming into alignment, forming one sphere, the sphere of the new group of world servers. And standing in the central point within that sphere, we visualize all the tiny points of light here and there, representative of the different groups and individuals who are part of the new group of world servers. So we breathe in and visualize light pouring down into humanity from the higher centers. We visualize this light being distributed through the planetary network, through all the points of light distributing light and goodwill to all parts of the planet. And we sound the affirmation of light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning 
and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Each week we gather together Triangle's members from around the world and share an opportunity to affect an alignment between the inner and outer worlds. We create a collective channel for light and goodwill, which are both an expression of the energy of love, the predominant energy controlling our entire solar system. And through this means, we help to raise the vibration of our planet Earth. And we therefore contribute to the task before our logos, which is to bring about on the outer planes, the manifestation of a sacred planet. That intention aligns with the intention underlying the triangle's work. For as we know, a sacred planet is one that is surrounded by a network of triangles a planet in which the soul and not so much the personality is expressing itself. And so no matter what ray we might find ourselves on as individuals, no matter what we may be here to manifest in our lives, all rays in this solar system are said to be sub-rays of the overriding synthetic energy of the great second ray of love wisdom. We can see, therefore, how the core of our work in triangles emanates from the heart of our group, the underlying soul, and through this means provides us with a direct channel of approach to the Christ himself, the world teacher, who is, of course, the embodiment of the preeminent energy of the second ray of love wisdom pouring forth from the heart of hierarchy. Through this means, through this chain of hierarchy, we as a group become an instrument through which the energy of love can be radiated through the three lower kingdoms in nature, the animal, vegetable, and mineral worlds. We can understand, therefore, how this practice of triangles stimulates planetary healing on all levels, for it aids in the restoration of the divine circulatory flow of energy. This restoration of the divine circulatory flow is an essential part of the plan for our planet. For just as in the life of a human being, when the arteries become clogged, the blood cannot circulate effectively and the heart struggles to function 
as it should. Therefore, we might conjecture this congestion in our planetary life puts more pressure on all centers, on the new group of world servers, on the Christ and the Logos, as the energies which are pouring in and which should be flowing freely throughout all the kingdoms in nature are instead too often blocked, interrupted, and humanity and all kingdoms suffer as a result. We are asked to do what we can to help to let the energies flow freely, to restore the divine circulatory flow. Then we, humanity, rise to the occasion of our name, for we're called in the esoteric teachings, the planetary Mercury. And Mercury is the mediator, the messenger, the one who transmutes that which is incoming from the higher kingdoms so that it can be safely and effectively handled by the lower kingdoms. The disruptions in the divine circulatory flow began at least in recent times, shortly after the victory of World War II, which was such a time of great optimism, high idealism and expectancy. And it looked as if we could move rather quickly into serious preparation for the externalization and the reappearance. At least that was the hope and perhaps the possibility but the timeline was delayed and this can alert us to a truism that we have to take care during the exhilarating moments in life, both individually and collectively. These times of exuberance call for vigilance. For while the momentary joy and celebration that naturally arises after some hard-won victory is understandable, caution nonetheless is advisable and detachment. For such moments allow for the possibility of a slackening of the tension and arresting of the normal vigilance, which can lead to mistakes. We can see this demonstrating all the time in climbers. So many deaths and accidents occur on the descent from the heights, following upon the victory of reaching the summit. Perhaps this caution can apply to this time within the annual cycle as well, following upon the stimulation of the Capricorn full moon period. So now as we descend into the field of service, we can remember the climbers and keep our cool. But despite all challenges and pressing interference with this divine circulatory flow, there is a sense that an energetic shift on a large scale among humanity is happening and that this interference with the, within the divine circulatory flow is nearing an end point. So now let's work with our meditation. Lifting our consciousness to the center of the evened arm cross. Focusing on the mental plane. We link in thought as a soul 
as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. We project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Lift the consciousness to the world teacher, the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle.
holding this alignment between your triangle, the group soul, and the world teacher, we hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Sound the mantra of unification, linking with all the group members. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
distribution. Sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we are going to hear from Christopher. So hello, Christopher. Hello, greetings, uh, everyone. I'm going to stop my share, and you can share your screen. There you okay. go. Thank you. Let me just share my screen. I hope everybody can see my screen. Okay, so hello everyone, greetings from the Philippines. So for today, I will be giving a short talk regarding spiritual service. So um, today I will be sharing some of the my key thoughts and concepts and understanding about spiritual service, as well as some of our activities in Asia and in the Philippines. So just a brief background, um, in the Philippines we have a group um, a unit of service of Lucy's Trust. We call ourselves the Unity of Life Meditation Group. And most of our service activities are together with this group. 
And also in the interest of time, I will not be reading most of the quotes in my presentation, but I will be sharing my insights and my personal take on these quotes and why these ideas resonate with me and with the service work that we do. So with that, let's begin. So the keynote for my presentation is from the voice of silence, that we are reminded that as aspirants and disciples, we should not let the fierce sun dry one tear of pain before we wiped it off from the sufferer's eye. Instead, we should um, let the human tear drop on thy heart and remain there and never brush it off until the pain that has caused it is removed. And these tears are the seed for the blossoming of our Buddha nature. Okay, so with that, let's start with the first concept that I want to talk about, and that is the word spiritual service. Let's begin with the word spiritual. So the first quote is actually from the Tibetan master through Alice Bailey. And this quote actually reminds me of the Christian concept of what the Christ taught us as the greatest commandment. He told us to love God above all others and to love your neighbor as ourselves. And I guess that is one of the ways that we can say that something is spiritual, that it relates man to man and it relates man to God. And this is the symbol of the cross as it relates to our spiritual life with the vertical axis representing our relationship to the soul as well as to our higher triad and even to the hierarchy and with the horizontal beam representing our relationship to our fellow human beings, the service aspect in our lives. And before we begin, um, the Tibetan master also gives us a very esoteric um, definition of what service is. Service is a spontaneous effect of soul contact. So to me, this means that whenever the soul or the higher self contacts or is able to command or to control the lower self or at least to utilize the lower self, then service happens. It means that whenever our lower mind attunes to the higher mind, we're able to think of solutions to the problems of humanity then service happens. Whenever the love of our higher self or the soul flows down through our emotional nature and we're able to share that love to everyone, then service happens. And whenever the spiritual will is able to overcome the inertia of our physical and etheric body, then service happens. But this is a very esoteric definition of what service is. So right now, on a more practical note, um, one of the key things that at the moment, and I would like to emphasize at the moment, because ever since I started studying the Ageless Wisdom, my thoughts and ideas about service have always changed. And I guess that's because we are all students of life. We are eternal students of the Ageless Wisdom. And as our studies progress and our understanding deepens, certain concepts also begin to become more deeper and more deeply understood. So the first concept, on a practical note, I believe, is that service is actually trying to live to make the world a little better from where you where you picked it off or where you got off from it. So it can be as complex as setting up people or organizing people to um, create an, an initiative in your community, like a cleanup drive, setting up a library, establishing a public school, or it can be as simple as picking up trash in the park because you're afraid that somebody might slip and fall off from that. 
So these things, because you're concerned about the welfare of others and because we are concerned about making the world a better place, I believe these things are part of what is known as spiritually called as service. The second thought that I would like to talk about is about um, the definition that I got from Mother Teresa. I believe that service is about spreading love wherever you go. That wherever you go, you leave everyone feeling a little bit happier. So again, it can be as complex as giving counseling or advice to people. Or it can also be as simple as just listening. Listening, for example, to your child when he is agitated or listening to your family member when they have a problem. Or according to Mother Teresa, one of the simplest service that we can do is to just smile, to give people a genuine smile because it makes them feel better in a, in a certain way. And sometimes a smile is enough to actually uplift people. And that's the simplest service that we can do. In the esoteric tradition, there are two kinds of service. The first one is the physical plane service, which we all know about. And the second one is service in the inner plane, which I'm sure you're also familiar with, and a good example of which is our triangles work. So let's begin first with the physical plane service that we usually do. So this first picture is actually um, back in the time when our group, the Unity of Life, was not yet formed. So I joined an outreach program in our office or in our company. So we did an outreach to give... Um, to help the street children in Manila. We gave them food and we also taught them some basic reading skills as well as some um, arithmetic. Some We taught them some basic arithmetic. So again, it was just one day in the life of these children, but I believe that in that day, at least they were a bit happier because we were there. Next, this one was done in collaboration with another esoteric group the Theosophical Order of Service. So as you, as previously mentioned, I am a registered nurse and I often work with this group um, in their uh, medical missions. Aside from that, I also um, sometimes provide um, basic health education in the community. So I give talks on basic health topics such as how to keep yourself healthy, um, hypertension, how to manage that, how to prevent diabetes, only those simple things. The other complex one I would, I would give to the doctors. Another group that I work with is um, this one is a picture together with our group, the Unity of Life Meditation Group. And this one was actually done together with another group, which is um, a group of Catholic nuns. So the Philippines is actually predominantly a Catholic country and most educational and charitable institutions are run by religious people such as nuns. So in this um, service activity, we volunteered to help out in an orphanage which these nuns run. So what we did was we helped them clean up the place and then we also provided um, food for the children and we read them stories. So again, it's just another day in the life of these children but we believe that when we help them, at least we left them a little bit happier for that particular day. We gave them hope that people actually cared. It, um, it may not be always sunshine and happiness at all times, but at least they know that somewhere, somehow, people actually care. 
And this one we did um, with our group, again, the Unity of Life Meditation Group. And this time we partnered with another group. This one was, is with, another, with a group of doctors. It's not an esoteric group, but we went to a far-flung area in one of the provinces in the Philippines. So this one has um, the people in this province had problems accessing doctors. They literally have to cross I think a mountain and a river to get to the nearest city to be able to consult a clinic or a rural health center. So we went there and we provided medicine and we helped out the doctors in providing care for these people. Okay, and the second form of service, of course, is service in the inner plane, similar to our own triangles work. To most people, um, outside of our community, they often think that um, esoteric work is just something that's make-believe or it probably is not effective or something that's, um, that is less effective than physical plane activity. However, the ageless wisdom reminds us that no man can rise superior to his individual feelings without lifting even so little the whole of which he's an integral part. So remember that we are all one, that Everyone is just one. There is one life behind all forms. Therefore, whenever we are able to meditate, whenever we are able to reach soul consciousness, whenever we're able to reach a higher, our higher self or even higher states of consciousness, we're not just being, doing it for ourselves, but we're actually becoming a channel for more light to fill in and to come into the group consciousness of humanity. And also the secret doctrine reminds us that any given amount of energy that is expended on the inner planes is actually produ productive of greater results than the same amount of energy expended on the physical plane. So our work with the triangles, they appear to be something that is ineffective. It's just sitting down here, reciting a prayer, visualizing. But actually, if we do it constantly, we are actually creating a change in the mental atmosphere of the planet Earth. And if you look back 100 years, many changes have occurred, not because of direct physical um, efforts, but because of a change in the mental attitude of humanity. Think, for example, of slavery, of gender inequality, and um, of racial discrimination. So I know that we still have a long way to go, but because of these sudden changes in the mental atmosphere of humanity, greater long-lasting changes have occurred. So we shouldn't um, undermine the effects of inner work, such as meditation, triangle work, as well as our full moon, new moon, um, our meditation for the reappearance of the Christ, and the other meditations that we do. So for our activities, here is one of the activity that is shared with the other Asian groups. This is actually um, the first Asian esoteric community gathering. It was done last October. And we were very happy because we had participants from other countries, including Korea, um, Vietnam, <coughs> as well as um, Japan. And what's good about this community gathering was that after our gathering, we actually decided that every Sunday, we will visualize our community, our group, and all the members from the different countries as points of light. And then we will recite the great invocation at a common time so that even though our countries are separate and we are in different locations, 
we are sharing one spirit of community for the entire Asian region. So this is one of the highlights of the past year. And for the um, Unity of Life Meditation Group, we usually conduct healing meditations every um, Sunday nearest to the new moon. And we also conduct um, full moon meditations on the Sunday nearest to the full moon. So we usually have our new moon and full moon meditations on the exact day, but we do it individually. And then we come together during the weekend to meditate as a group. With that, I would just like to end with these words from the Tibetan master that really any one of us can do is in relation to our fellow men is to stimulate the light that is within them, leaving them free to walk in their own light and way upon the path. So we are light bringers into the world. And sometimes all we can do is perhaps recite the great invocation or do our triangle work or do our meditation or just to do something small like leave leaving a kind message or a kind compliment to another person. And let me end this talk with the words from Annie Besan from the um, Theosophical Order of Service. So she was asked, how can I best serve the world? And she answered, begin with your own family, those who are nearest to you. And then after that, you gradually enlarge it to those who are your nearest comrades in your daily life. And then slowly, you can embrace it and enlarge the circle, extending it further until you come to the ideal of world service. So if you will look at the common examples that I have shown um, with the service activities um, that I've participated in and those that Unity of Life participated in, I started with myself by volunteering in certain um, service activities. And then eventually it grew. We became a meditation group. And then eventually we partnered with other esoteric groups. And then we partnered with other religious groups and with even with other non-religious or non-esoteric groups. And hopefully as the circle enlarges, we will be able to help more and our impact to make the world a better place will become much greater. And with that, I would end this talk. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Christopher. That was uh, infectious. Uh, your enthusiasm to serve was uh, truly infectious and inspiring, I'm sure, to all of the people attending today. Um, so I had a couple of questions. So let's just see. Most of them you answered. Um, whoops. Most of them you answered. Do you see my screen? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Um, but I had a couple. We've been sharing on these webinars different uh, groups throughout the world who are coming together as units of service, such as your group. But there are many, many uh, fewer such groups in the world at this time. And uh, many groups are linking up with headquarters at the full moon and the new moon, which is great. But do you have any thoughts? I mean, your honest thoughts about physical plane gatherings versus webinars. What, what are your thoughts on those? Well, um, there are advantages and disadvantages to physical and um, 
webinars. So on the physical plane, it's always um, much closer and much cozier if we can do it on the physical plane because we're here together with one another and there's spirit of unity. You know, you can keep people more engaged when you're physically there. Mm -hmm. But um, there's also challenges. For example, right now there are challenges. Um, in the Philippines, it's difficult to commute. If you've um, heard anything of our news, um, the city is quite congested, so that could be mm -hmm. a bit of a problem, as well as the rising cost of gas. So mm -hmm. those are some of the difficulties. So some of the things that I've been thinking about is that perhaps we can also do a hybrid setup to maximize the efficiency of both setups. So maybe mm -hmm. um, a group can meet together and then for others who are not able to join physically, we can use the internet to link up with them. Um, meeting via webinars or meeting online is also not impossible. We can still keep in touch. Um, it's just a matter of the dedication of the people, how much they are willing to invest in the work and the group itself and how much they are willing to keep themselves cohesive and how they are able to communicate well with the group and to maintain that team spirit, that spirit of unity among themselves. Yeah. So is there any way that, how would you like to encourage people who want to start a group, but they don't feel adequate to the task? What have you learned uh, that you could share with them? I know you've already shared most of that, but you might have something else to say. Wow. Sometimes people feel inadequate and they need encouragement. So when I started my journey in studying the ageless wisdom, and that was way back in college, so there were very few Alice Bailey students or students of the Ageless Wisdom in our place. Uh, most of the people that I came in contact with who knew about the Alice Bailey teachings were either from theosophy, but they're actually interested in other topics. They only knew about it. So in the beginning, I also felt that way. I felt frustrated and I felt like, am I the only person who's interested in <laughs> things? Yeah. But eventually, I kind of thought that maybe I should just um, work on because the teachings also tell us that where you are is your field of service. So mm -hmm. maybe you should start where you are at the moment. And I also feel that meditation is a very important aspect of it. We can link subjectively to the greater group. And I feel that um, when working with the Unity of, Med of Life Meditation Group, I feel that when we're meditating, we're also sending out signals in the inner plane that we're ready to serve and that somehow other people who are also willing to serve will be attracted. And that's why we were able to form a group. However, I also felt that this energy that keeps the group together also keeps other people who have other intentions for joining the group especially with untoward intentions for joining the group, there's also an energy that's also preventing them from coming in. So I feel that um, when starting a group, you can start with meditation and then doing whatever you can. And then we can trust that the energy will guide the right people to us and they will keep the, the people who should not be in the group away from us. So in a way, I feel that um, our group will not really be that big but it won't be really that small either. It's just the right people coming in and then it will somehow keep the negative people out. So 
I feel that we can just keep on working where we are with our meditation work and with our service work. Yeah, it's very inspiring. And I think that is what people need sometimes to just take the first step, you know, even if the group is very small, right? Um, You know that one of the roles of the coming world teacher will be to unify East and West. Um, Do you see any signs that this is happening? And what do you think, uh, how do you think this will work out? I think that it's actually working out because um, even if you just scroll to Facebook, there's a lot of memes, a lot of quotations telling people that Buddha does not belong to the Buddhists or Jesus <laughs> does not belong to the Christians alone. So um, people's um, perception of religion is slowly expanding. I, I mean, there's still people who are fundamentalists in their view, but I think for the general population, they're beginning to loosen up. And also for the religious groups, for example, in um, in one of our service works, um, we worked with a group of nuns. They are aware that we are a meditation group and they are aware that we have a different concept of the Christ from how they perceive the Christ to be. And they respect that. In fact, some of these nuns are actually studying Chinese medicine. So that made them open their mind. Um, they don't necessarily agree with uh, what we believe in, but there's an openness with them that, you know, we can work together even though our beliefs are different. So I think that that is the ground wherein everyone can come together. We just need that respect that um, that um, we all want the same things. We all have good intentions and our beliefs may be different, but as long as we have that sense of respect and love for each other, we can use that as the base so that in the future, as we slowly evolve, um, the East and West can fuse more freely together. Yeah. One of the things that DK says is that the religions of the world will still maintain their own systems of thought, but they will be united through the full moon work. And do you have any thoughts on the full moon work in the East? Well, I'm I'm familiar with the key concepts of some of the religions, but um, I believe that in Hindu and Buddhist beliefs, they also believe that it's a time of high energy. Mm-hmm. And for the Buddhist tradition, they also celebrate Vesak. But uh, most of the religions at the moment, I believe, are still exoteric. However, um, I believe that there's a growing movement and a growing esoteric movement also within the East. So um, the significance of the full moon work will become stronger as the years come go by. Yeah, thank you so much, Christopher. Well, we have some time left. So um, there are some, I don't know if you can see the chat box. Uh, there are some comments there, many comments of appreciation. And if anyone would like to raise their hand and share an impression or a question with Christopher, please uh, do so, raise your hand. And um, let's see, can you see the chat box, Christopher? Yes, thanks everyone.
Did you see this question from um, Clint Galvin? Uh, what are the what? chances trying yes. to see people in China? It seems that they may be very difficult, but could tap into a large portion of humanity to share in this service. Well, currently um, in the esoteric community, we have not heard anything um, from China when we did our first Asian esoteric community. So um, esoteric community gathering. So I'm not sure if the government of China is open to esoteric thoughts. However, because um, I'm also active in the other organization in other theosophical groups, I do hear that there are people in China who are trying to um, trying to translate the secret doctrine in Mandarin. So I believe that there might be an interest in China, but we're not hearing exactly from there. There might be um, a blockout or maybe um, they're still a bit isolated from the rest of the world. But I believe there's an interest there. And probably if the... Um, books become more available in that area of the world, there might be some interest also in triangle work. Mm. Are there people in Phoenix? Oh, sorry. It's a different topic. of new age spirit new age and spiritual consciousness um yeah i'm not able to read the last message is there a kind of new age and spiritual consciousness the last movement in your country there's uh oh okay so there's actually a lot of new age movements in our country um like other areas of the world most of them deal with psychism. So that's also a big chunk of the population. So there are groups that actually work on crystals, on psychic development, etc. And then another, um, well, I'm not sure if we can classify them as new age group, but there is also a Buddhist movement that's also pretty big in the Philippines. So they're not necessarily um, Buddhism as the religion, the traditional philosophy of Buddhism, but more of like um, the writings of Titnat Khan, um, mm. more on the writings of um of the later Buddhists. So they're not necessarily the religion of Buddhism, but um they're actually about meditation, about um, awareness, about um, this kind of consciousness growth. In fact, some um, going back to the earlier point, I also know of some um, Christian nuns who are actually teaching Zen meditation in mm. our country. So that's also a quite a big movement in the country. And of course, the Theosophical movement is also... Well, it's not that big, but it's alive and it's pretty active in the country. So I'm not sure if we can also call the TS as a new age movement because the term new age might have different connotations, but it's also a spiritual movement that's pretty um that's pretty active in our country. Yeah. Great. So there's no kind of um, government repression of any of this kind of work. It's freely allowed. Yes, in the yeah. Philippines, yes. Yes, that's good. 
What about can India? Do you have any connections with India? There must be a lot of of spiritual groups there. Um, I have friends from India, but they are also connected to the Theosophical movement. Um, they are also interested because sometimes they attend in um, our talks and our seminars. Um, I'm not sure if they are that. Um, they also attend sometimes when we go online with our full moon meditation. Mm. But um, they're not yet that dedicated to the Alice Bailey teachings, to that specific tradition. But um, in the in the ageless wisdom in general, I think they have a great interest in that. There's a comment by Maya. Do you see that under the image? Under the image. I often think mm. of the West as creative, but not disciplined, and the East as disciplined but afraid to be too creative and individual. What do you think of this in terms of discipleship in the East and the West? Um, well, I actually worked also as a nurse for some time in the U.S. And um, culturally, between the Philippines and the U.S., there's not much difference um, except for a few minor details. But um, the Philippines and U.S. are quite similar in many respects because Historically, we were a colony of the U.S. for quite some time. And until today, until the present moment, we're still very closely allied to the U.S. So the Philippines by itself, I think it's pretty westernized. However, um, speaking to other Asian countries, they're not that westernized. So, for example, um, in India, I believe, and in some parts of China, I believe, they still uphold the tradition wherein the elder would always take the lead role and that the younger people should always follow them. So they have they continue to have strict traditional rules. They still have strict um, traditional ideas about certain things. But I think that um, in terms of the energy, um, I think that the West is a bit more esoteric. It's more... Um, thought-provoking. But again, this is just my point of view. I could be wrong. I'm just looking at it from my perspective. But I think that the West is more esoteric in their point of view. And they're more attuned to the things that we do for visualization, um, service using thought power. As compared to the East, I think that the East is more mystical in inclination. But again, we shouldn't generalize. But I think that that's the general wave that the East continues to be more attuned to the mystical um, side of things, and the West tends to be more on the esoteric side of things. But I guess that's just from my limited perception. Mm. Thank you. A more occult or mental approach towards spirituality in Asia as opposed to the mystical approach. Um, honestly, in the Philippines, I feel that um, most people are mystical. So, for example, in, in our full moon meditation group, I would um, lead the visualization 
So most of the time, some people are not able to follow because they say that they kind of need more training in visualization and their natural tendency would just to go into silence or to go into awareness meditation. There are a few who are esoterically inclined and also um, because one of the difference for me as well between the esoteric and the mystical side is in terms of service. The esotericist wants to go ahead into service and use service as a tool to gain higher awareness. So when you um, when you do something good, it allows you to love. And when you love, you do something about that love. Whereas the mystic would need to meditate first, attain a higher state of awareness. And once they're in tune with that higher awareness, the love will flow. And that's the only time that they will do service. So right now in my country, I feel that the majority of people are more mystically inclined, but in other areas like in Korea, in um, Vietnam, I'm not particularly sure um, because um, they have more members that are into Alice Bailey. They, their numbers are bigger than ours. So I'm assuming that um, there's a lot of people who are into esoteric meditation in those areas. Well, Thank you so much, Christopher. Um, I know I speak for the whole group when we say your enthusiasm is infectious and the work that you're doing is certainly um, going to grow and resonate more widely in your country, I'm sure. And also the work that you're doing to bring help bring together the many different groups in Asia is, is a great initiative. So we all send you our best wishes for expanding on that. Uh, did you, you want to close with any any word for for the group? Anything final thoughts? Um, I think um the message at the end is um I think the final message that I would like to give that um oftentimes we think of service as something overwhelming, but as you've mentioned, we should just do or start where we are, and once we do what we can. We can trust that life will provide us with more opportunities for growth as well as for service. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for your attention and your enthusiasm. And so let's just close by visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of triangles, radiating light and goodwill. Thank you, everyone. See you next week.